So I'm joined this morning uh, is Vonnie, Vonnie Gregg, and Vonnie and Rog really are the founding pastors of Open Skies, and really God laid the vision of Nganiyami, first in Vonnie's heart, as you heard Roger say, and then uh, Roger's a slow learner, but he uh, it kicked in as well. And then, um, and then obviously we've got uh, Pastor Zintle Masikani, who's here this morning, she and her husband Beggy Masikani are the pastors of Open Skies Church at Giba and also the pastors on the ground at Nganiyami Children's Village. So they are here. Uh, Beggy, unfortunately, is not here this morning. Couldn't make it, but Z uh, is here this morning. So good to have you, Z. Good to have you, Vonnie. <laughs> so I'm going to really ask Vonnie first, because obviously Nganiyami is something that is on, very much on the heart of God, but uh, Vonnie heard God's whisper. And so really, Vonnie, can you just bring us um, up to speed today of what God spoke to your heart and, and what you heard? Uh, so, um, as you heard from the video, many years ago, um, in the AIDS pan pandemic, uh, we had a journey with the lady who worked for us, and we uh, walked with her, we saw her lose three of her own children, three out of four, and the two spouses, two AIDS. And of course, then the children were left, and that stress that, uh, that happened to her, where she suffered so terribly from the post-traumatic stress of losing those children and, and adults in quick succession, and then having to care for the, for the children and not knowing what would happen to them. And it was really through that that uh, God began to speak to me about, but what about the children? What about the children? And uh, that's, we had to do something about it because if we had all these kids who had been abandoned and, and who had no, her, no place to go, many of them now being raised in child-headed households, then, you know, long term, there would be a problem. And one night, uh, God had given me this, this name, and I heard him actually wake me up, wake me up when I heard him speaking to him. And I heard him saying, no, Yvonne, Nganiyami, Nganiyami, they man, they man, they man. And he gave me the scripture from Ezekiel 16, where he speaks about the children who are abandoned, but God has seen them. There's not one person on this planet who is alive and gets born that God does not know about and that he has not purposed. And he has a purpose for every single one. And he had a purpose for these children. And he said he saw them and he covered them with his wing. And he entered into a covenant, made an oath over them and said, you are mine. And that's what Nganiyami means. It means my child. And th that, that's really how it woke me up in the middle of the night. Audibly, I heard him speak. And he said, no, they're mine. They're mine. And that's how we got the name of Nganiyami. But it was really because God has a heart for the children. He calls us in Psalm 68, verse 5, and in Isaiah 117, he talks us, we have to be a defender of the widow, and he's the father to the fatherless, and he puts them into homes. And so part of that is where he challenged me, kept asking me, he said, but Yvonne, what about the children? What about the children? Who will take care of the children? And that's really how Nganiyami started. It's, got, it's God's heart for every single person to be cared for and to fulfill their purpose. So as the, as the vision got started and Vonnie had this in her heart, obviously a team got together. Um, we went up to Uganda to go and see Watoto um, uh, Children's Villages up there. And Gary Skinner, who was at the opening in 2012, who you heard on the video just now, was, um, him and his wife started that work um, in Uganda. Just incredible. We came back and there was a whole lot of practical stuff that had to happen on the ground. And, um, and I, I remember those days so fondly and Beggy coming out to the village, you know, he, he used to ride on his bicycle from the year of your life home here in Kloof to Nganiyami to come help plant grass and water the grass and get it all going. And, and Z and Beggs now, uh, that is home for them. That's where they live. 
the life transformation. We saw these kids full of life this morning. We saw the smiles. We know that life transformation doesn't just happen overnight. Uh, there's a process. Tell us, just bring us you know, behind the scenes into some of the moments, some of the memories, some of what you've seen in terms of the life transformation that's taken place at the village over these last 10 years. Um, hello, everybody. Um, first of all, I would like to say thank you to Uvani and Roger for um, answering the call of um, starting Inganiyami Children's Village, and it's such a great opportunity for us to be there. Um, I only joined in, in 2014. Bex is actually the one that started 10 years ago, so I won't steal that moment. I would let him speak about it um, tonight. But I only started in 2014. Obviously, Bex and I were dating, and I, would, I remember Piwe coming in as a two-year-old, and I remember that we used to come here at church. Giba Church did not exist at that moment. And uh, I still remember trying to interact with her and she was pulling away and just really clinging to Mum Ruth. But really what happens is that if you go to these homes where um, the government have children's home everywhere with those kids, and the way it works is that they have caregivers for like a huge amount of kids. And the way the setting is, is that it's a dorm type of style. So there's no individual attention given to the children. So when they do come to us in Ganiyami, what a privilege of the team that we have on the ground, Mam Dugozo, Mam Nomtandas, obviously Mam Ruth, who has been there since the beginning. And we know that the way they do things when they care for those kids and they come into these homes and it's like a family environment where they get individual care and the love and the nature. So that's how this transformation comes. So when they come in, they are really not used to this type of environment and they really are not interacting with us and they're not willing to really give you a hug and there's no smile. I can name so many stories, but then to see a couple of weeks in, and I mean, you saw Noloazi's uh, newest edition, and when, I mean, she came in, she was just this quiet, reserved little girl, but two weeks later at Mamnum Tandazo's house, and we can see how much transformation already happened because of love and individual care and just really family that we have at Inganiyami because, I mean, even though we have individual families in each home, but Inganiyami as a whole is a family. So we're just so grateful to be part of the bigger team and what God is doing there. Awesome to see You know, the, the mums down at Nganiyami, and Z has already alluded to it, play such a vital, vital role. Um, in the video where Vani shares the vision around the village, you know, she speaks about the love of God and the nurture of a mother being so absolutely vital to the growth and development of every single child. And our mums at the village have really had to pay an massive, a massive price to lay down their lives to raise up uh, the children uh, that God has entrusted into all of our care. And so, Vonnie, as a mum yourself, and really as the mum uh, over the village, uh, won't you just speak into the role that our mums are playing in raising up these children? You know, the mums are just such an important, such an important part of Nganiyami, because as he said, most uh, things, and where you go into homes or orphanages, you just have caregivers come, and they come and they go, and there's no relationship that is, that is built. But in Ghaniyami, is different. It's a family, and there are homes for each and every one of the kids. There's six children in a home. And so for the mum to take that, that on, they, they're not her biological children, obviously, but honestly, I've seen that they, how they love the kids and how they, and how they 
just really work so hard with them when they first come in that now where you see the little Nolwazi who Hilton spoke to and she was quite happy to come up on stage, so sassy and everything else because there's an environment that the mums have created there. But it, as Scotty said, it's an incredible sacrifice because they actually have, they, they give up their own place and in some ways some part of their independence to come and to take care of these kids. So it's, there's, it's a huge choice for them that they've made and honestly, I can never honor our mums more uh, enough because I know the sacrifice that's involved and I know what it takes to bring these children in and to love them and to nurture them because a child, if a child does not receive nurture, there will always be issues and they will grow up to be uh, children with low self-esteem and they will never become whole. So it's such a vital role for, for our mums to love and to teach them about Jesus and to hold them close. To, to hug them, they've never, many of them haven't had any touch. One of the, uh, 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 our children were abandoned in, in a playground, in a, in a park. And um, so there's so much that they have to deal with and our mums, it's just incredible. I spend Mondays there with them and uh, they really, it is, it, it is, I can't tell you how vital for the mums and their sacrifice that their hearts are so open to give to the children. That what we see today with these children really is because of our mums. So Nganiyami is rebuilding families, and uh, you know it's not a it's not an institutional orphanage. You don't your child doesn't get to 18, and then you know I don't know, and then sort of out on their own. Uh, we have answered the call to really raise up children until they are able to be released as leaders and to be independent on their own two feet. And so it's a journey of raising up children into the fullness of the call that God has on their lives. Z, as we come to a close. Are there any, just, just a closing thought from your heart? Um, I just want to say that I am so excited about the future, about more kids coming in into the village, but also I'm excited for an environment that um, Roger and Yvonne have created there where it's a place of restoration, it's a place where you will think that as a mom or as a social worker or as anyone who's coming to work there that you are coming to change the kids' lives. Actually, something quite the opposite happened, that your life become restored and God does the healing in you as you see miracles every day. So we just really are excited about what God is doing there and we're just expecting for more and more kids to come in. Yeah, Roger Devon had a, a, really, I suppose, the vision statement of, of Cliff Harvest when it got started was changing lives, changing the world through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And to see lives changing one life at a time and the world changing, these faces that you saw on stage, there are 20 children at the village now. The village has the capacity to grow to 150. Um, and really, those are, the, are, the, are part of the army that God is raising up to go and see this world change, and it happens one life at a time. Thank you for being part of that journey as we move forward into the next season of Nganiyami. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Well, morning, church. It's... Um it's an incredible privilege, and I, uh, I just have to, like I'm sure many of you, just gather myself, because we're not looking at statistics. We're talking about people, and we're talking about our kids. And um, so in the next five minutes, I'm going to share very quickly what True Life is doing and how we're trusting God to use us as an organization to impact this generation. We've got a saying that says that we just aim for the pain. Wherever we see brokenness, wherever we see hurt, wherever there's mess, we believe that God is calling us to aim for the pain. And so when we say pain, we're using words like abuse, anxiety, depression 
oppression, cutting, addiction, social media, identity, suicide, leadership, discrimination, sexism, racism, you name it, we're aiming for it because we believe that's exactly where Jesus would find himself. And for many of you as parents, it's the prayer you're praying. Dear God, please, don't let that be my child. Don't let that be my kid. Don't let that be, don't let that stat be true for my home. And so, um, you know this better than I do, but we're living in a generation where they are being parented by the online platforms. One click away, one click, one swipe, one tap away from a bad decision, an uninformed choice, and a wrong crowd. And I don't have to tell you this, but the world is rapidly, rapidly getting darker. Things are easier to engage with. It is um, much closer and everything is deteriorating at a fast, fast pace. And we believe that we are one generation away from revival or ruin. And as a church, we have to engage in this space. And so our kind of driving statement that we believe as true life is brave choices equals better future. If we can get these kids to make brave choices, and they will never be able to make these brave choices unless we're engaging and confronting them with truth. And so if you've um, never heard about true life, a little bit of background. We started in 2011, been going for the last 12 years. We've been in hundreds of schools by the grace of God, thousands of productions and workshops and facilitation sessions, hundreds of thousands of kids, not just in South Africa, but um, around the world. And um, we use all sorts of creative mediums, as Hilt mentioned, online, on stage, and in person, developing all sorts of productions and curriculum um, that is connected to the life orientation syllabus. So grade four, all the way through to grade 12. And we're excited to let you know that this year we launch our junior phase program. And so we're going right down as low as grade R, all the way through to grade uh, three. And so God is opening up incredible doors. And obviously, until until two years ago that was kind of all we were doing live productions in schools workshops curriculum facilitation but we've had to obviously navigate the last two years because we haven't been able to get into schools until about three months ago and so we moved our whole platform online which we talk about as Netflix for LO teachers basically you can click and scroll through any single topic that your kids uh, in your school, in your classroom, at home are facing. And so whether that's anxiety or abuse or addiction, whatever the case is. And so that's been incredible for us because we've been able to go further, faster, um, and freer to a whole bunch of schools um, around the country. We've also connected in the last little bit with GLS, the Global Leadership Summit. And we have packaged together what we believe is South Africa's best leadership program for schools um, and have an incredible traction over the last little bit. We've been able to have a much wider reach. So we've got a global reach now. We're starting to do some work uh, all over the world. At the moment, we're working in Ukraine and Zambia, and we're uh, translating a whole bunch of our resource. Hey, we've got some friends from Zambia. We should talk to you guys afterwards about that. But we're translating it into their local languages, and uh, God's been incredible. And probably our biggest project at the moment where we've been able to get a whole bunch of government funding um, is that we started doing a whole bunch of stuff around gender-based violence. Uh, we've seen three quarters of a million rand given to us through the Solidarity Fund for creating this content. It's it's got um, education endorsement through the Department of Education. We're rolling it out to 120 schools this year, and hopefully pilot projects stamped and approved, we're rolling it out to 6,000 schools the following year, funded through the Education Department. So, so God is good. 
So what's the dream? This has been the last 12 years. What do the next 12 or 1200 years look like? Well, Coca-Cola has a saying. They say that they want to have a Coke within walking distance of every human on the planet. And if that's the case of Coke, then we want to be in every feed classroom and country in the world. We want to be accessible to every critical choice that needs to be made. And we believe we can do that through three mediums, the educational sphere, the social media space, and parental support. Let me explain that very quickly. Our educational sphere is that we are literally writing, rewriting the life orientation syllabus. We will be an alternative curriculum to the life orientation syllabus that's going to be in, in, in place in the next two years. 2024, we're looking at doing that. Our online resource has a essay and international reach. As I mentioned, we're doing teacher training. Um, we are trusting God for campuses all around South Africa and maybe even the world. And we're in the process of accrediting our college so that we can take guys through a university phase where they've got Christian ethics, but creative college and be able to be part of our staff all around the world. So that is the kind of educational space, the social media space. Let me just say this very quickly. Stats say we pick up our phones between 63 times and 265 times a day. 13% of millennials spend more than 12 hours on their phone. And the top 10% of heavy phone users have an average of 5,427 touches of their phone. If we are not in the social media space, we're missing a heartbeat. And so for us, that means every social platform that we can get on, we're looking at YouTube channel stuff, we're creating short films, we're looking at docu-series, kids' TV programs, there's a lot of dreaming going on. We're building a studio at our new offices right now where we're going to be able to film and create all this content. And lastly... Our passion is to reach these kids in whatever way we can. And so at the moment, it's through schools, but we're looking at creating an app for kids, for parents, and for teachers to be able to access this content from home wherever there's a need. We're looking at the corporate space to be able to create content where corporates are able to push this out to their staff so that there is a mental health and a social kind of upliftment program through that. So God is doing a whole bunch of things. We're extremely grateful for this church and its blessing and sowing into this ministry. And we are expectant um, the Roller coaster ride has been fun, and we believe that the next season ahead is going to be epic. And let me just say this if you're sitting here going, Man, this is awesome, man. What you guys are doing is amazing. We're grateful for your support, but I will tell you this it's not the awesome or the epic that drives us, it's the responsibility. This is actually not a choice. This is something we have to do. We are called by God to do this. We don't have a choice to turn a blind eye to what God is, is asking us to do. And so thank you for your support. And as we land this, we're going to show you one more creative piece from our incredibly creative team. So the last ministry we want to highlight to you is a new one. And Jim's going to tell you a little bit about it. But what was incredible, a couple of years ago, we felt the need to start this one. But you've got to set it up properly. And like with all these ministries, it takes time to establish. And if you want to do them well, you've got to set the foundations right. And True Life, I mean, just so excited to see where you guys are in 10 years. Same as in Ganyami. It's just incredible. So we run all of our organizations through Restoration of Hope, which is a, a Section 21, and uh, we'll give you some information at the end as well. It's all, you know, a Section 18As. It, it meets all the kind of criteria if you wanted to, you know, get involved, especially as a business. But one of the things we wanted to do is, is to help people uh, beyond with what we're already doing within Ghana. I mean, True Life. And we go, uh, I, I chatted to my mom, and we look at the memorandum of Restoration of Hope, and it speaks about widows and orphans, it speaks about education, and then it speaks about, which we had no idea, 
because we thought we had to sort another whole organization and it spoke about that we are commissioned to do relief and care work, hence the start of Open Hands. So yes. tell us about it. So hello again, everybody. So um, uh, Open Hands is quite a newish uh, ministry, probably about two years old now, and it actually started during the hard lockdown. And you know, as you can see, our church is very outward focused. We always love to try and make a difference in our um, local and extended communities wherever we can. But um, we got hit with a hard lockdown. We we're all locked away in our homes. And we were just made so aware that um, so many people couldn't work, had lost their jobs, couldn't get grants because they didn't even have ID numbers. And so we realized there was a desperate need for food supplies. And so what we did was we put out an ask to our church, that's you guys, and you were just unbelievably generous and the money came in. And because of that, we were able to start our Open Hands Relief Fund and go into the different communities and distribute um, food parcels to them. During that time, we also had an amazing group of ladies who used their sewing skills, the skills that God had placed in their hand, to sew hundreds of masks that we could also take into the communities to give to the, uh, to the little children that they could then um, wear and attend school with. We did a school shoe drive because we were also aware that parents couldn't have, um, uh, afford new school shoes. So once again, we put the ask out to our church, and once again, you guys were generous, and we were able to go in and put new, brand new, not secondhand, brand new school shoes on the feet of these children, which is just such an incredible um, thing to be able to do. And so, again, because of our relief fund, when the looting hit us last year completely unexpectedly and caused chaos and fear in so many people. We were able to hustle and network and connect with so many people in order to get just some basic supplies like bread, milk, mass, eggs, um, and fresh produce and get it delivered to people in our church um, and in the wider community and just make a difference there. Mm -hmm. And um, there were also babies being born during that week that um, moms hadn't had time to prepare for, go to the shops for, and had, couldn't get to any shops. So babies were being wrapped in newspaper. Um, so we put out an ask again, and um, we got blankets and formula and nappies, but not just from people here. I mean, it went out nationwide, and people were sending stuff in truckloads to us from around the country, co just complete strangers um, who, who just showed us such kindness, which really just blew us away. So um, with all of that, we really are just loving making a difference where we can. But so now at the beginning of this year, we want to be armed, and we want to be ready to act again. And every week... We have, I don't even know how many people that arrive at our gates asking for food. And obviously when we can, we try and help them, but sometimes we just don't have anything to give them at the time. So what we've got is um, these little buckets. I've called them nourish buckets and they hold a liter. And so what we would love to ask of you guys is to take a bucket or one or two or three um, and fill them with some soup, some beautiful homemade soup. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. You can chop up some butternut and onion and some stock and make a butternut soup or potato soup or a lentil soup or whatever soup you can um, put together. And then um, bring them back next Sunday, Love Sunday. And we were going to be uh, keeping them here in the freezers at church. So as and when the need arises, we can hand someone a bucket 
that not only nourishes them, but also shows them love that someone actually cares. So we really ask that you would get on board with it. This is something we'd like to do, not just now, but maybe once a term and just keep our freezers stocked so that we can just keep um, making a difference. Um, yeah, so I hope that you guys get on board and don't take a bucket if you're not going to fill it, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. We'll arrive with the bucket frozen next week if you can, and then we'll yes. put it in the freezer. There's actually a little label at the back that you can write the date that you made it, and then, and then the flavor of your soup, just so we can know and um, monitor um, how long we freeze them for and how long we've got the stock for. But hopefully, we'll be turning it out quickly. Yeah. We'd like to also constantly have bread and milk here as well, so that we can give to people that come here. And uh, we get a lot of people that come here just asking for food. and. You know, we, we, we are excited about the future of this. This is just one thing, but we have dreams. We don't, we haven't been as established as True Life on Ganami, but there's, there's, a, there's a big dream to look at not only feeding people, but really helping people um, just to build into their self-confidence, like a whole upskilling center. So not only giving them food, but teaching them how to, skills. you know, specific skills. You know, they say you can't just give fish, you've got to teach them how to fish. Mm. Um, but a lot of the people that we want to help and maybe you get frustrated seeing someone on the side of the road begging and you're like, why don't they just get a job? You need to understand, they don't know how. We so easily judge, they don't know. They don't even know how to ask. They don't even know how to do a, a CV. Sometimes they're embarrassed because of the way they look. They've got no self, no dignity, no respect. And we've got to teach them how. So, yeah. sorry. There's so much need in our country. And it's so easy to judge our government. We just look at someone and go, come on, you know, pull it together. They don't know. And we've got, someone needs to train them and teach them and help them. And we want to equip people, maybe even fix their teeth, you know, give them a shower so they can smell good because you're not going to offer someone a job who just looks like a tramp, right, in your business, but if you can just help them, help them just even be eloquent, just how to communicate well, present themselves well, then maybe they can get a job, yeah. but on top of that, we have a dream as well to start a recruitment agency, Open Skies Recruitment, which should be a full profit company where we get lots of people asking for jobs and we've got lots of people saying, hey, can you help me with filling this space? And maybe, just maybe, we could place people someday. And you know how recruitment works is you would obviously pay the first month or first two salary back to the organization that placed a successful placing. And we'd use those funds to re-upskill and re-help retrain people. And uh, that's the dream. Um, we're gonna need a facility one day to do all of this. And I don't know where that's coming from, but that's the dream. So open hands is, is all new. It's all, um, you know, just getting going. I know my mom's had a passion as well to feed school kids. There's many kids that go to school with one meal a day. And how can you concentrate? I don't know about you that fasted last Tuesday. It's hard to concentrate when you're hungry, right? And these kids, perhaps sometimes only one, maybe none. They don't get food. And how do you go to, so education's great, but how do you educate them if they're hungry? So I don't know where that's gonna go one day, but we wanna feed school kids so that they at least can concentrate at school. So, whew, open hands. We're excited about where that goes. 
And um, it's, it's just amazing how God works these things together. I mean, our church is called Open Skies. And God has just called us as open skies to be open-handed. And many of us can get involved. It's not just about funds, but it's about using our skills, using our business connections. We're actually connecting some of the business guys together pretty soon just to start a dream into the space. We don't have much to show you video-wise, but we have got a short little video that we can show you uh, just to show you with what we've already done and uh, potentially inspires us to where we're going to go. So we are going to be wrapping up the service shortly, um, but just a couple quick things that we're going to do. Um, one is just to tell you that there is a card that you would have um, on your chair. These are new cards that we've just done, Restoration of Hope, and then the details are on the back. So the website details, different ways you can get involved, and the different bank accounts. It's really helpful just to have this with you. Um, just practically, with Inganyami, there are some tables in the foyer that uh, you can go and just find out more information about the ministries. But we've got this new little girl that arrived in the village, and you met her this morning, Noloazi. And um, there's 25... Uh, sponsorship slots to, to support a, a child fully at 275. 14 of those, um, are, I think 14 are available. Is that right? Uh, okay, 25 is the total. So we would like to make sure that she is fully sponsored and covered, right? And the minimum donation to support a child is 275 a month. Um, so I'm trusting for us as a church that those of you who've really, you know, your heart's been stirred today that you could get behind that. I think some of us, I know that it might be a, a huge stretch for some of us, but I know for some other people here today, you might not even notice the debit on your account. And I really, really want to encourage you if we could, um, you know, get behind and go, yeah, I mean, what they're doing, there's also, they've got a new initiative as well where you can sponsor moms. So that is also something that you can get behind. I know with True Life, there's multiple ways to get involved. They still do uh, their hundreds and thousands of donations. So we take your hundred rand and we get the message to thousands of people. And I've had that debit on my account for many, many years. And and to be honest, 100 rand a month, it's, it's, now it's three coffees. I think a lot of us can, can afford to do that if you're not doing it already. And these are two incredible ministries. Open hands going forward. We're going to obviously in time set stuff up and establish it. And just um, to uh, kind of also remind you, these are just our internal ministries that we support. Out and beyond this church, there's a whole bunch of ministries that we get behind. And next week is Love Sunday because it's uh, 14th of February, those of you who maybe celebrate uh, uh, love and Valentine's Day, but we, we, we call it Love Sunday, and we're going to be talking a little bit about more, but some of the other ministries involved it, and JC and Charlotte, who are here with us today, it's amazing actually how it worked. They drove down from Zambia, it took them like three and a half days, I think, to get down here, um, and they are happened to be here because of a family wedding over this week, and they're going to be with us again next Sunday, and we're going to hear a lot more about what they're doing up in Zambia. Uh, the Zambia Project is somewhere we supported for years. I mean, it's just incredible what they've done up there. I mean, they built schools, hospitals, you, you help install water systems, um, just amazing. There's churches, thousands of churches, and Hope Church from uh, George, um, in, in uh, Nasna is uh, uh, George Nasna area. You guys uh, maybe have met Paul von Koller before. We've had him here at our church and it came as a ministry out of that church. And JC and Charlotte, it was about 10 years ago or eight years ago, you moved up to Zambia. And they, 
yeah, no, and, and they moved up with their family, and it's, it's a huge sacrifice what, what, what they do, but just amazing what God is doing there. So we're going to hear more about them next week, but for those of you who know them and will be up to Zambia, you can come and say hi to them. Okay, so that's just some practical ways that we can get involved, but what we're going to do is, is close the service, um, but we're going to just take up our normal tithes and offerings. We haven't had a chance to do that. Just remember when you... Uh, commit and give to this church, a lot of this church, uh, the ministries are sustained by um, this church. And a lot of the staff that you have seen involved today are connected and working through all the different organizations that we're involved in. So the Bible speaks about tithes and offerings. You give a tithe, which is the 10% to your storehouse, this church, and then the offerings are over and above that. I just want to encourage us in that today. So I tithe to this church because this is where I get spiritually fed, right? Over and above that, I support the two ministries connected here and obviously open hands as it you know, gets established going forward. And that's, that's just a principle and, and a biblical way to do things. So what we're going to do now is, what I think I'm going to do is just pray and then we're going to take up the tithes and offerings and then you can head on out. Thank you for being patient with us today as well. Um, you know, the service started late and uh, you're welcome to come back again tonight or if you like, someone needs to be here and kind of just be part of what happened. The, the service is again at 6 p.m. One last quick announcement is the volunteer uh, thank you moment and training, which was meant to have already started, but because it was delayed, uh, we're going to kind of shorten it up at about quarter past 12 the volunteers that are here at church or those that are just arriving now, you guys can go and grab, I think there's Borovos rolls. It's just the volunteers, sorry, for those of you who just arrived because we're doing volunteer training after this at quarter past 12 and then I think you're gonna come back into the auditorium straight after that. But uh, let me just pray and just, let's just thank God for what He's done in our hearts today. Father, we thank You so much for, you know, just the absolute blessing and privilege it is to be part of Open Skies. God, it's amazing what you've done in and through the different ministries and just the people represented here today. It's just so inspiring and the need is so great and we can't do it as individuals, but collectively we can do it. We can make a difference in people's lives. Thank you, God, for stirring our hearts today. And it's just incredible to see what you're doing, but we get excited about what you're gonna continue to do and the lives that are gonna be impacted and changed. We've seen some of the Ngadayami kids today and just to see the smiles on their faces. What a, what a blessing to be part of that, God. God, I pray for continued resource to flow into these ministries, God. I pray for, for business people's hearts to be stirred even here or those that are gonna maybe watch the stream at a later stage. There is significant work going on in these ministries. I pray for funding to come into these ministries in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for true life. We thank you for opening up funding even through, you know, through government. And God, we, we desire to see every child in South Africa being impacted by true life because they need, a help. They need help with the choices they got to make. And Lord, we pray for every um, orphan, God, that is, that is in South Africa. We know we can't change it completely on our own, but ministries like ours, God, we pray for funding. We pray for increase. We pray for favor in Jesus' name. Stir our hearts, God. Stir our hearts because we have to do something. Stir our hearts.